Hello, I'm Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Jessica Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I could not be more excited about this conversation. Not only are you a friend, you are also an AOPI sister, and you are also a woman of color who is lending your voice to this podcast. So I am so excited to welcome you and to thank you for being here with me today. No problem, anytime. Now, we have to start at the beginning. It is where we always start, and that is with your AOPI story. And you have a particularly interesting one. So please, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. I do have a particularly interesting story. It's, I've, I feel like I've said it so many times that I almost have a script for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my story is not like a lot of stories. I am actually an alumna initiate, an alumnae initiate into Alcohol Crown Pie, which is an amazing program that we have. Um, I went all four years in college with the mindset that, oh no, I should do something else, I should be something else. Um, and all the while, all of my friends were AOPIs, and <laughs> I only hung out with AOPIs, and it always felt like home, but I mentally told myself it wasn't. Um, and in grad school, I met my best friend, now big sis, and we were just having a conversation after a test one day, and she said, did you ever think about Greek life? And I said, every day. <laughs> and she was expecting me to say no. Yes. And she stopped, she's like, wait, really? And we um, started the whole alumni initiate process. Um, I actually initiated at a chapter retreat, so it was just me. It was so beautiful. We were in Hodges Garden, which is a, a Louisiana State Park. It was beautiful. Um, and I had my first AAC meeting literally three hours after I initiated. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and, and I served on the um, Alumni Advisory Committee for five years or so. And then in 2016, we were approached by Grace Houston, a past international vice president, about yes. starting an alumni chapter to support Kappa Chi chapter. I'm a Kappa Chi uh, alum. And tell and everyone what university that is. Northwestern State University. In Louisiana. So in Louisiana, Natchitoches, Louisiana, to be exact. Um, and we had conversations as an AAC, and we said, yeah, we'll do it. Well, I just kind of fell into organizing it. And so uh, well, almost four years ago, we started the Central Louisiana Alumni Chapter, and I have been its president ever since. <laughs> so you literally jumped in feet first. For yeah. people that are not, 
I think most of our sisters are aware that there is an alumni initiate program, but I'm not sure that they understand that that means that just like our new members that have their education process, so do and did you, right? Yes. So that it was, it very much mirrors and parallels the new member experience of a young woman in college. It does. I um, got a promise book. I um, went through the lessons and I actually had the privilege of being a sponsor for an alumni initiate last year in 2019. Oh, wow. So I have a little sis now and I got to do that process with her. So it kind of came full circle. Um, seven and a half years in so i've been in aopi now eight years and it's been a phenomenal eight years i will say um so it you have your education you have pre-initiation post-initiation um education as well as um any further learnings and the best way to learn is to get involved join an alumni chapter um advise for a collegiate chapter um any of those things, ask questions, you know, with the people who initiated you and just be involved and you'll one day be like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wish everyone could have seen you with your chin on your hands for that perfect pose that I can see via Zoom. Jessica, there are so many things about that that I love, and you literally gave me chill bumps. I did not know the story that you had initiated an alumni initiate, that you were their sponsor and her big sister. So shout out to all the people. That's very exciting. Um, Tell everyone a little bit about what you do in your life in addition to AOPI, in the professional world and all other things. So professionally, I am a human resources and administrative associate for a manufacturing plant. Um, so I kind of just do a lot of things. <laughs> All the um, mostly things. making sure the people are fine. Um, and outside of that and outside of AOPI, I kind of like to sloth around because I, I feel like I'm always go, go, go with work and everything else. So I just kind of like sloth around. I, I like to watch Netflix a lot. Um, play with essential oils and occasionally um, cook something. (laughs) (laughs) I love all of these things, except the cooking part. I like to eat what other people cook. It it works out well for me. Yeah, it's just me, so I can't, if I don't cook sometimes, I'll not eat. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, right. So Jessica, we are in an interesting time in our history because we are now, and, and, and I want to be very clear, we are recording this the end of June. So we have now endured not only, as a nation, not only the tragedies of Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, but even since then, more people have come, their names have come to the forefront. And there has been this groundswell of activism of, of white women in particular learning to become allies of, of their black and brown sisters. And to be very honest, most of us have, I think, a great desire 
to do the right thing and to be the right thing and to say the right thing, but we are woefully unprepared to do so. And that is precisely one of the reasons that I am hosting this series is to shed some light on the voices and the experiences of our sisters so that you can share for us what you need from us and and the things that you would like us to know about the AOPI experience and the life experience of being a woman of color even in today's generation when I think a lot of us had thought we had come so far and we have realized that while that may be true, there is so far yet to go. So talk to me, friend. Well, I think um, one of the things that you said about being woefully um, unprepared to be an ally, I think that's a really good start is saying, I don't know what I don't know. And um, in my experience here in the past couple of weeks, there have been a lot of people who like who have seen skip that step on social media and gone from uh, knowing things were happening but not knowing what to do to fight like fighting and walking and marching and making comments on social media without taking the steps to say like, is this helpful? You know, is my are my yells helpful? And um, I think sitting back and saying, I don't know what I don't know. I don't really know what is acceptable. What is what might hurt someone who I'm trying who I'm trying to be helpful toward, and so on and so forth. I think that the first thing is to say, what am I fighting for? and understanding where we're going and what we're looking at. You know, we're not trying to fight everyone who hasn't hit ultra anti-racist status. It's um, a fight for actual equality and, and just being seen as the same, as the same as everyone else in life and work and um, traffic stops. <laughs> so I think that those are some some really important places to start with. Just trying, making sure you understand exactly what the fight is. It's not a fight for people who prefer prefer hearts and open hands to what's considered the black power fist. That's not where the fight is. That's a it's that's so far away from the fight (laughs) Um, (laughs) graphics is not important it's a fight for understanding also understanding that there's things that you'll never be able to relate to and it's important to know that you won't be able to relate I'm a person of color I have a 20 year old little brother um, who's driving and living life and I have to have the worry that a simple traffic stop may not be a simple traffic stop. And that's something that me and my mom and many other people of color, especially women of color who have young men of color in their lives have to worry about every day. So I understand that we're grateful that you don't have to have that fear 
when your sons or husbands or brothers leave the home, leave the house. However, recognize that we do, and that affects us in how we sometimes move in the world. So those are some of the first pieces. So I think that's fascinating because, as you know, I have a son who is 16, and in just a couple of weeks, we'll have a driver's license. And that is not a conversation that I have ever had to have with him. We talk about what you do if you get pulled over, how to be respectful. Don't forget that this is in the glove box and you know you will need to produce this documentation for insurance. Um, but because he looks like me, he is blonde and blue-eyed and pale. And he, he will never have to be concerned about a routine violation turning into a life-threatening situation. Of course, we have now had those conversations about how that is something he's not ever had to consider and that wasn't part of the conversation in our home. And how do we then take that information and make it work for our friends of color that don't share that same luxury? And how do we have that knowledge and own it and provide support with it? And I think that what you said is really powerful because you reference the way you move in the world and that it really is very different than the way I move in the world. Even when you, when you take out things like being a young man of color at a traffic stop should never be a life-altering situation, right? The worst thing that should happen is when he walks in and has to tell his mama <laughs> that he has gotten a speeding ticket, right? Yeah. And, and yet that's not where it ends. It is, as, as I am learning, it is people that clutch their purses tighter or lock their doors when someone walks past or asks if you have the right to be in a gym or a restaurant, which is stunning in an awful, awful way that there would ever be that challenge in the year 2020. So I would love to know where you are with that and what you would like for anyone who doesn't experience it to know about it. Um, so. I like to say, like, I don't speak for every person of color, Um, but (laughs) so I've been lucky enough to not have had personally some blatant experiences where my race was an issue. Um, I, I feel like I assimilate well. Um, I have a lot of uh, white friends and those are, that's my crowd. It's my people. Like I'm, I make myself familiar, but it is always in the back of my mind when I do go to a new place to kind of like watch in a way that I may not have watched before. Um, so like in, in a normal, in the town I live in, I live in Reston, Louisiana. I'm comfortable just about everywhere I go. But should I go to like a small town somewhere else that looks to be predominantly white? I have the prejudice um, myself to say like, oh, this might not be good for me. 
make sure to pay attention. Make sure to, you know, like go straight where you're going, come straight back. You don't want any problems. Um, or, and another thing that I also do um, in my head is almost like look for another black person to make sure it's safe. Really? You know, like, oh, okay, I'm safe. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I'm safe. <laughs> wow. So let me ask you this. Obviously, so I do know your big sister, and shout out to Caitlin. <laughs> she is pretty fabulous. And obviously for recognizing in you that you would be an amazing AOPI. Let's talk about that experience and, and what your sorority experience has been, because you have now, in these last eight years, had an opportunity to interact with many women, not just two or three, as you have you know, joined our organization. So, in fact, I met you at a walk last year, and then we spent a Founders Day event together this year. Talk to me a little bit about how that has either supported you or where you have seen challenges and you would like people to know and make a change. Um, so, inside of AOPI, I've never felt more at home. There have been so many experiences in my life, even, you know, race aside, gender aside, beliefs aside, um, where I felt less comfortable, where I should have felt comfortable than I have with an AOPI. Any event that I've gone to, um, it's always, I'm, I'm always fine. I always just feel like, these are my people. This is what I do. Um, I myself am awkward and I don't talk all the time. So Did you so just like, say you were awkward? Oh, yes, very. I don't find you the least bit awkward. You are one of the most outstanding, inviting women. From the first time I met you, I thought this to be true. That is, that is hysterical that you would say such. But yes, please continue. And so... I think that continuing that spirit of sisterhood and love, like not knowing what someone thinks, not knowing what someone believes, but the fact that we share letters means that I'm going to love you because <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to do. Like love you regardless. And, you know, understand that there's going to be things that we don't like about each other because we're human and we're not going to like everyone. But every single human on this planet is deserving of respect. And especially within like the safety of sisterhood, we should, that's where we should see it first and foremost. Just like respect for who you are as a human, whether I like what you said or didn't like what you said, I respect you and I'm not gonna do anything to hurt you. And I think if we continue that. So let me ask you something. We we know that our fraternity was founded on the principle of inclusivity, right? Stella right. and the girls. And these women set that example. And yet I find that the door is open. We just don't necessarily always know how to invite women of color in. And when we talk about what the traditional sorority experience, the NPC experience looks like. It predominantly looks like 
people like me, certainly not all people. Mm-hmm. And I am so fortunate to have had in my life sisters just across all spectrums. And it has been a beautiful thing to bring into my life personally. And yet I find that we know it is there, but we struggle in how to extend that invitation and say, come on in, sister. You know, what what advice would you offer to our members as we are going into a particularly challenging recruitment season amid a pandemic and what will likely be a combination of virtual and in-person experiences, but women who I think now feel more of a permission than ever to think outside of the box and to diversify their chapters, their their families within their chapters, their friend groups, their sisterhood. What advice would you offer them about how to create that open opportunity and that inviting environment for women who may be interested in AOPI? So um, I think one of the first things is something that I experienced in my collegiate years that kind of may have made it a little bit hard for me to start is reference was a reference, a constant reference of other people of color in the organization, making it feel as if there was like, a quota that needed to be met and that you just wanted me because of that. And so it's important to just like, say like you female, let's talk. Oh, (laughs) you're in, you're in nursing. I'm in nursing. Love it. Oh, you're this. I'm this. And have nothing to do with like your racial background at all. Um, So I think that's important but also being able to listen if it comes up in conversation. If someone were to ask, where does AOPI stand when it comes to this, 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 and this? And to know like we are inclusive, we've been inclusive. Um, Fun story, when I told my dad about doing this, he said, that's right, Stella, the Jewish one. <laughs> that's right, because it was always inclusive, because she was Jewish, remember? Good and I was like, yeah, But so, like, to, you know, call out the fact that we've been inclusive since 1897, and we intend to stay that way. I love your dad. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, he... He's my dad. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, having those conversations where we're inviting the person, not any of their innate qualities, like things that they can't control. None of us can control being black. So just like the person, the character, the interest, uh, um, making sure that those are the forefront, not, you know, the race, and I think that's changed a bit. I went to I started college twelve years ago, so <laughs> things are have changed some in twelve years when it comes to how people communicate. But I think one of the things that was a little bit of a turnoff was the well, we do have a black girl in the chapter, and it's <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks for telling me. So that's one thing, and then also understanding that now in this time. There, you may see um, a lot of people of color not joining NPC organizations in favor of MPHC organizations 
because of this feeling of unity when it comes to the black community and being okay with that but then looking at how to partner with those organizations to further all the to further the mission how to partner and how to stand side by side with our MPHC Greek brothers and sisters as well as MPC and IFC and how like Greek life as a whole and either the the multicultural Greek I don't know their board name right off but like how all of Greeks together can make a stand or make people feel comfortable and welcome and know that we all have a space in this world and I think that's one thing that when potential new members see see this, then they can also stop looking at the color of the organization. Because it's not just one-sided. We, uh, uh, potential new members, have to, have to also not see the color in the organization for it to grow and be as diverse as some other, um, like as the workforce is. Sure. So you said something that I think is very interesting, and I have read it in various articles and books, but but it is interesting because, and I, and you know, you said earlier that you don't speak for all women of color. I certainly don't speak for all white women. Um, but the one thing that, that I think really resonates is that we are so excited to do something good and valuable and we want you to know that we are doing that one good valuable thing that we're so excited to push that information out that we don't stop to listen and and it it is a self-actualizing prophecy because we can't do the right things if we're too busy telling you all the right things we think we did right and we all you know you are not the first black woman I know. I've had these conversations with many, but for me to come tell you all the conversations I've had and all the things I've learned don't properly set the example of what I still have yet to come to terms with and understand and be able to embrace. And and I think that that's a really important message is that we also must listen when the opportunity presents itself recently on social media we had a young sister of color who said right now your black friends are not okay and that's okay and i think that because i haven't but i mean my first response to that is what can i do to make you okay and then i laughed out loud at myself because i can't do anything in this exact moment to make you okay except except to sit with you and to know it and then when you are ready to listen and to learn. And it was a fascinating thing. And it was a beautiful post. And at the end, she says, this was shared, but it is my experience. And I just thought, okay, my black friends are not okay. My brown friends are not okay. Um, even when you talk about things outside of the tragedies that our black men and women in this country endure daily, but most recently that have been in the forefront of the news. I had had conversations recently with Asian friends who are of various ethnicities, whether it was specific to China or not, and the absolute unacceptable behavior that has 
they have endured in the wake of the pandemic because of all things, right? And they're not okay. And it it's it is it goes back to this thing that I have not ever had to experience. So my question would be for our friends and sisters that aren't okay, what can we do to support you in a way that is appropriate until you know what to ask for or to call out on us for? Because I think sometimes we want to rush to fix a situation that cannot be fixed in the immediate, but that if we could listen long enough, we could help be a part of it in a proper right. way. <laughs> right. Um, I think the first thing is to constantly remember to build that relationship and trust person to person. Um, also remember that for some people, Black Lives Matter is a cause. For some people, Black Lives Matter is political. For us, it's our life. And (laughs) we're not a sea turtle to be a sticker on a hydro flask for saving. We're humans with emotions just like you. And for some of us, this is we're going through like a grieving process. And to like meet us where we are in that spectrum. And if we say, I'm good, say to yourself, we'll come back to that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you know, but you know, don't push, you know, and also understand that we're not all fighters. We're not all screamers. We're not all marchers. Some of us are silent, sit, process, cry. Um, Some of us are, I'm going to make sure I spend my money in certain ways. I'm going to make sure I vote certain ways. Some of us are just like, I wish this was over. Can I stay under a rock until this is done? Because I cannot anymore. Yeah. So I think it's meeting, just meeting the people in your life where you are, where they are, just as if it was any other tragedy that was happening. This happens to be a large scale tragedy happening in the black community. So if you were to think of a natural disaster that were to take out a town, consider some of these, hate crimes or uh, moments of police police brutality as natural disasters that are taking out the black community and we are trying to rebuild. We don't know what all is broken, so we don't know how many bricks we need. What would you say to women, and this is something that I grapple with a little bit because For instance, on Blackout Tuesday, I really debated on whether or not it was appropriate for me to share a black screen. And I I mean, I thought for hours about it because I wanted to show all of my 
and I'm always saying women and sisters of color, certainly I do know men of color as well, but given the nature of the <laughs> podcast, um, I wanted to show that support. But for me, the hesitation was, is that mine to show? And ultimately I did. Ultimately, I shared it because I didn't ever want there to be a moment that took away from the power of that moment in that space and that day because I was a white woman sharing it. And yet, I didn't want to be silent. So I actually text a friend of mine who is a woman of color, and I said, this is going to sound like the most ridiculous thing to you, but I'm really struggling with this. And she <laughs> sends a note back, and she goes, woman, post the picture. <laughs> I was like, okay. But, but then I said to her, I was like, I'm so sorry that I even had to ask. So my question to you is, because I don't ever want to burden my friends of color with ridiculousness, and yet I do want to stand in support and be an ally while still being appropriate, you know, where do you fall on people asking questions? And granted, this was a dear friend. This was not someone I had met once in passing at an event, but at the same time, I wonder where you are with that comfort level and when that is appropriate because I think sometimes we don't do things for fear that it's not the right thing. Right. And so for me, Jessica Michelle, I think about it's the relationship we built. And I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. It depends on the relationship you have. And for me, like a total stranger um, coming up to me when I'm not, like today, sure, ask any question, I'll answer anything. <laughs> but some of us are in different stages of the grief process. So if something just happened, assess, you know, say like, hey, is it okay if I ask? And then that gives that gives us the power to say, actually I'm experiencing this right now and I need some time. Um, but we also have to take the ownership of how we do that as well. Instead of, um, you know, for me, it's always meet with love and just to say like, no, not okay for me. Um, or yeah, ask away. I may not have an answer. I may not be able to continue this conversation, but ask away. But it's all about the relationship you have. If you look at your circle and you don't have people of color in your circle, today is not the day to go out and just grab one. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, a, not, it's a conscious thing to get to know people as people. And if you find yourself in a situation talking to a person of color and you're like, man, that was the best conversation continue those conversations it try to invite them into your life and see if they reciprocate and that may be a beautiful friendship and but that's with all people i know it's hard to make friends as an adult um (laughs) but if you can you know and it happens to be someone who is different from you in any way don't shy away from it just because you don't share certain things that you were just born with I love that actually. And and so you're right. I think it's hard to make 
for, I think it's hard to make friends at any point in life. You know, I have told my children from the time they were born, it's hard growing up. But what I have learned is when you get here, it is equally hard just being here, experiencing yeah. life. Yes, and, and I sometimes find, particularly when I travel, I meet so many people and I thrive on that. It is one of the things that I love about our fraternity is that I have this opportunity to really connect with people, but then to sustain those connections takes energy and intent. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of times, whether we're talking about our sisters of color or our sisters, period, where I fall short. And it's it's not that there's there's not a desire because I would have really enjoyed that initial conversation and yet, now is a time for me to refocus for all of our sisters and be intentional in maintaining that so that it's not a once every five or ten years when we happen to be at the same event. And I think that's a really great way to frame life, quite honestly, but particularly life as a member of AOPI. Um, so let me ask you this. I will ask one question and then one more to wrap up. But tell me, is there anything else that you would want our sisters to know about you, about this experience? Just anything that you would want to share with them that could that could make all of us just be better, period? I think one of the important things that I'd like to share is that when... It seems that your life has gone back to normal. Understand that everyone else's may not have. And to still have these same strong feelings of advocacy, of activism, ready to go. Um, because until, until there's policy change and law change and practice change, there won't be change. And it takes more than just the what 13% of America with that are black to make those things happen. So in numbers, we need you. We need your support. We need your voices. Um, but we're not out to get everyone. And to start with love, if you have a question, ask a question, do a Google search. Um, call me. Don't call me. I don't actually answer my phone. You can Facebook message me. <laughs> but, but you can reach out to those people who you feel comfortable with reaching out to, and they'll let you know if they're comfortable answering. Um, but don't forget, like, in six months when, you know, things are back to normal, you're back in your office or your workspace, and you're just like, living your day-to-day, -day, when someone says something that makes you feel a little uh -uh, to one of your coworkers of color, that's when you can say something because it's not, we don't deal with just the large-scale police brutality. There's microaggressions, which you can look up and find how those affect us as well um, and make all of those things important to kind of ripple effect the change. I love that, and I love that it doesn't necessarily have to be something on a grand scale. That every day, 
actions that we take can make a difference. And, you know, we talk about that in so many different ways in AOPI and outside of it. And yet I don't know that it is always applied in this situation. And it, it would be such a manageable thing to just recognize that every day you could do some small act that would help and provide support. And while you may need us in numbers, I think that we need that 13% in life. It just makes it more beautiful and opens up a whole different perspective. And I am privileged to be a part of these conversations. And I don't always know what to ask until they come through this. And it has been a wonderful thing to talk to you today and to see your face. I'm so sorry that this is only a podcast, but <laughs> then I do have one question left and you piqued my interest because I do love to to share the sort of inside life of conversation. And you mentioned earlier that you love Netflix. So tell me oh, yes. the last show that you binged that you would recommend to anyone listening. So this is going to sound super crazy. But I'm currently watching the Andy Griffith show because it is the sweetest, most adorable show in life. And Please it stop actually it. is leaving Netflix soon. But like I cannot stop watching it. It's I wanna finish all of them. I just got to win there in color and I'm like, oh that's do or die time now. <laughs> Oh my goodness, there is not a more perfect way to end this podcast. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you as always for listening. And until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm-hmm.